think we're good. How are you? I'm groovy, JK. I'm joined by a stand-up comedian and very good friend of mine, Justin Fleming. Howdy. Famous brother, the cricketer. What was his name? Damien. Damien, yeah. Damien Fleming from the 80s. uh, 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Yep. And this guy's a famous comedian. He took the other road. Were you good at sports? I think, I'm going to dare say that the genes were in you as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we look different. We've got different genes. Like, I'm, uh, like I can lift weights and get huge in a month. He's kind of lanky. Is yeah. he taller than you? Yeah. Well, he was. I think I'm, I haven't seen him for years. I'm taller than him. I remember a few, I think I had a growth spurt in my mid twenties. Yeah. I, I, yeah, got a little bit taller. So he was a bowler. Was, yeah. Okay. Cause it's, I say that because we, we've traveled to gigs a lot of times and you had an ability to throw the ball as well, but you yeah. went towards baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was addicted to throwing things. <laughs> like. <laughs> well, it starts as a kid. I, I was just, I mean, I'm a weird dude, but as a kid, I was mental. Like we had a lemon tree out the backyard and I would just get up in the morning, walk out the backyard before talking to anyone, pluck a heap of green lemons and just throw them as far as I could onto Springvale Road and see if I could hit a car. And just listen. <laughs> go, <boom. laughs> Everyone did that. Yeah. I'd just do it. Did and then... you make a spud gun? Do you know what a spud? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that. I had plastic piping and you can use potatoes and you ignite yeah. it with a rinne oh, nah, lemon. Yeah, lemon a boiler. guns. Lemon guns, yeah. yeah. So you were, could you reach Springvale Road? Like, what was yeah, the yeah, distance? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was probably 150 metres or something. And for, the, for your age, is that a pretty, like, were people yeah, yeah, marvelling yeah. at your throw? Yeah, yeah. But I was accurate. Like, even at school, we had bark all around Springvale South Primary. And I I was so good at throwing. Like, I if you ran away and ran around the corner, I could still spin the bark, the bark. around the corner and hit you in the back of the head. Like, that's uh, And that's why you wanted, you enjoyed baseball a lot? Yeah, because you was, could curve the. Could you curve a ball? Oh, I wasn't real good. At, I was just straightforward, just pitch. Like you try to curve, but your arms, especially as a kid, you're not developed enough, and you sort of warned off doing too much freaky stuff because you could damage, you know, your, your joints or your ligaments and stuff, or overcompensate. You know, overcompensate. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was pretty straightforward, but in the backyard and things like that. Just me throwing shit at people. Like, I'd, I'd spend a whole day just throwing stuff at people. Really? Eggs or whatever I could do. If someone, there was a car, my cousin and I, Jeff, we were we were really bad together. Um, and his brother played AFL. So, we're this, the four of us are the same age. Damien and Tim are the same age. Yep. Tim played for St. Kilda. Jeff and I are the same age and we're the, the fuck-ups. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we would fuck up. Like, there was a car parked at McKay's shops when we were kids and it was there all day and we just were bored so we just threw things at it. Yep. We went through the lemon tree then there was a plum tree um, I think an apple uh, uh, apricot tree and the trees were bare after about four hours then we moved to rocks we just demolished absolutely demolished this car we're probably 10 years old fuck you would have made a very happy palestinian <laughs> just hurling shit at the jews man that's the past life nine to five yeah. i don't yeah that's all always... maybe an israeli soldier shot you dead <laughs> and you ended up here as flemo that's how i wonder why there aren't more palestinian baseballers like <laughs> yeah they should be selecting pitches nbl just get, you know where the players are right <laughs> yeah that's where you should be talent scouting so back to baseball, full circle. Did you play baseball? Yeah, yeah. So I played 
um, started off in T-ball. Um, a lot of us, I don't know how, we were all, well, we all got calls from Springvale Baseball Club, which was on Olympic Ave and Springvale Road. Yep. Heatherton Road and Springy Road. Um, we all got a call one summer and then we went there and um, there was a night. So on a Friday night, all these seven or eight teams, eight or ten teams, they played. Um, and we were in the Astros and a lot of us were mates from school. Um, and we were the worst team in the league. Really? Like we didn't, our coach, he would turn up in a panel van, throw the kid out jump back in the panel van in the back with his missus and just bang her while we punched each other up. Nice. So he'd get to home base in the car while you were like yep. trying to... So wasn't it? Wasn't anyone there to sack the coach and say, look... You... No one wanted us. We were that bad and we were misfits too. Is this the script from Major League? That's what it's what like. What the fuck? Dude, because that year... Like I remember my back got pissed on. I had this black stick. I've still got it. And... Oh, it's called the big stick, sorry. And one dude pissed on my baseball bat, and he was a bit older and tougher, so he'd just punch you in the face if you did nothing wrong. It was just a horrible year. I don't think we won a game. The next year, no one wanted to touch us. And then the old fellow, Ernie, who was really old bloke, he used to coach Australia, and he was a legend of the club, Ernie Jones, and he come out and goes, oh, I'll take him. And he cracked it, and he... So training started like two months before every other team. We're just kids and he's called us up. We've turned up on a Sunday or something and all these nets are put up. Like he got there three hours earlier, put up all these nets, He put the bases, all these different things and just ran us through drills on that. This is how you pick up a ball. Right. So we learned all these proper techniques and they're drilled in. Like if I went on a field now, I'd still have perfect technique, I think, with yeah. most stuff. To, who's the pitcher? Cool, you guys. He taught us how to do the full proper wind up. The batters, you're over here, and he'd just go from one to the other, and we didn't lose a game ever again. Wow. And we thrashed. It was like the unbeatable team. How good's that? My first game under him, I pitched a perfect game. Just My a bit first of discipline game. and coaching. Yeah, and this is how you do it. And took the time to go, no, this is how you, you crow hop. Yeah. Throw it from the outfield. Is how you bring it into first base, second base. What one thing that um, uh, I mean, look, uh, it sounds like it sounds pretty weird, but you know how I'm like into physics and all that, and how the Earth spins around the sun and all this shit. Yep. I often wonder how a baseball pitcher can throw a pitch and curve a ball. So as it starts going straight, it starts spinning and heading off center how does it how do you curve a ball well, by just throwing it it's in the fingers and the wrist there's different different techniques so, the so different people have a different way like i do i played cricket i learned a lot more when i, I played cricket for a couple of years were in, you bowling in cricket as well yeah i bowled i was shit like I, my first over i didn't even hit the pitch and this was right. with damien's old coaches okay. so i knew these people from when i was a little kid and it was just a drunk league so but I bowled and I would swing the ball that far, it would be going off the pitch. So you were bowling wide. It was natural. Yeah, but it was a natural thing. And the coaches were like, they were, you know, I was doing shit, but they're like, your brother can't move like that. And they wanted to train me at the club, like, oh, this dude's a freak. Like, because you had the speed, right? Nah, I couldn't bowl. Oh, fast. you didn't have the. Okay. Not in cricket, no. But baseball, you baseball could pitch it fast. Yeah. 
baseball. I could throw fast. Did you ever get your speed clocked? No, not as a kid. But it was for a kid. It was really fast. Right. Um, but the bowling motion in cricket. Bowling, fucked you yeah. Up. It was. I just didn't understand cricket and all the different. I thought cricket, you just run in and bowl the ball and hope it lands wherever it lands. I didn't mm. know there was intelligence involved. Well, it wasn't until I read Shane Warne's book about spinning. He had a couple of chapters on spin, and I was like, "Holy shit!" There's a lot of physics behind this. What yeah. you actually do to the ball. And then I couldn't understand how you curve a ball in cricket, but I realized it has something to do with when the ball leaves your hand, it's got a tremendous amount of rotation on it. Yep. There's different ways. So I'd do off cutters, same baseball even. That was the one move I would have. And in cricket where, there's this one game in cricket where I did off cutters and I think I got four wickets basically in a row, but people were dropping the ball. Um, I got a couple of like bowls and stuff, but... Yeah, the off-cutter, it would sort of go straight and then last minute it would just move into it or it would fall in and just drop. Okay. So in baseball, it was really it would come like this and then it would sort of drop off and then fall. It was a really weird pitch. But, yeah, some people would just think, oh, it's coming here. It's got to keep coming here. And it changes trajectory. And it would just fall down. How does it do... How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. It, I could do it now if I threw a ball, probably. I don't know. I haven't thrown for ages, but... What's that delivery called flick. again? Off-cutter. An off-cutter. So it'll have a trajectory, but then mid-air, it'll seem to stop and have a different course. Yeah. In cricket, I think it's an off-cutter as well, but in baseball, I would do baseball movements when I played cricket. So if I did hit the pitch, it would freak out, like... People wouldn't know where it was going. Or I'd just get smacked for six. It was also was yeah, pretty bad right. cricket. Um, but, yeah, baseball, I think it was... Um, you always want to do the curveball and the knuckleball. And, What's the knuckleball? Oh, you hold it weird and it sort of moves. Like, some of the pitches, like, when I got older, I saw how pitches were coming in. There was, you know, you'd get an old guy at a club who wasn't fast, but he knew the deliveries mm. or the pitches. Um, yeah, there, there's just so many. But I, I remember as a kid, they were warning us off, don't do it, you'll wreck your shoulders, you'll wreck your elbows. And baseball's a game where people don't realise, like you're throwing some stupid amount in a week. Like you're playing game after game after game. And that's why, like in the States, they're on steroids. Because Especially practice as well. Your tendons. Yeah. There's yeah. only so many deliveries. What you're saying is there's only so many pitches you can throw per week before your tendons start going. We, yeah. We're not evolved for this shit. Yeah. So and that's where that's where the roids come in. That's where the roids. And they're all, I mean, well, it's 80s and 90s. I presume they're still doing it. Well, what's your stance on steroids? I reckon they should just have at it. Yeah. Go you might it. as well now. Have a clean Olympics. Yes. Have a Paralympics. Then yeah. have a Paralympics on roids. And, and have then a have paralytic a, Olympics where you got to drink. Yeah, <laughs> have a paralytic where you drink Sheila, and then have a Royd Olympics where yeah. you can go. Usain Bolt did nine you seconds, but now he's going away for three months, and he's going to come back and do six seconds. Yeah, you don't think. And then his heart will explode out of his asshole. <laughs> but still, we saw something great. Imagine the advertising dollars. Imagine you. Well, here's the thing: if we had the Olympics in Melbourne, and then the dirty or the steroid Olympics in Melbourne a year later. The ticket sales will be tenfold for the steroid Olympics because you want to see people go 
What can a human do? Look at Ben Johnson. It's the we love that about the human race. It's the nth degree. We're we're all about how far we could go. Yeah. Every year we do things better and better and better. We're like pushing ourselves. Yeah. It's in the human condition. And most of the Olympics is dirty. Most of it. It fucking is. People on steroids. I mean, Russia and China have been outed. Us. We've been outed as well. Yeah, but we act like we're the moral one. I worked like to a lesser extent us, but mainly the gym I worked in. Uh, where I started fitness was um, the King Club, which was the elite gym in Australia. Like the AIS train there, like different parts of the AIS. I train. Is this when you train. were pitching in baseball? No, no, or this, this was, was after. This was after singing. Okay. Initially, when I started singing, I went in and got right. a normal job. Okay. Um, I don't think I can cover everything yeah. about you, but I'll have to bring you back. But that's heavy metal. That's another subject. Yep. Um, yeah, I worked in gym and we had the AIS there and there were cycle like, like the top cyclists in the world were there mm. and they were on growth horn they were on everything mm. absolutely everything and people i remember at the time people australia's pointing the finger at everyone else and i'm like that that's not natural your legs can't look like that yeah and then i i remember there was a young kid he was like 18 and when back then if you became a gym instructor you had to do hours to get your qualification so i'd look after the people getting their hours and teach them and um, he was at that top tier of cyclists. He was a freak. And they wanted him to go to Europe and train. Um, so he'd train for six months in a village. Mm. He would cycle, but be hidden. Yeah. And they told him, you've got to roid up. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to. And they go, well, you'll never make the Australian team. Because yeah. you can't it's make one those in. times. Yeah, but it's one in, all in. If I'm doing it, you all have to do it. Otherwise, we're not consistent we're compromised. with our times. We're compromised. How so compromised? Because if we're all on steroids and you're not, you can throw us under the bus and have no repercussion. Right. Yeah. Okay. From and that angle, okay. I thought also everyone's doing great times bar you. Yeah. So you're the odd one out, well, so let's it. investigate. To get to that level. I but mean, I it's in so. swimming. It's in everything in Australia. We just act like we're... Yeah, I heard the technology good is good that you can mask it now. So they mask it, right? Well, you always or you come cool. off it before an event and you're yeah. clean. They're, this, so for, I mean, you could always mask steroids. Like, <laughs> look at Warney with that clenbuterol. Remember where he got busted for something? Oh, my mum wanted me to look thin for the press conference. Yeah, and that he was came back excuse. from a shoulder injury. And I remember I was in. The, I know the fitness. I know the body well. What was the steroid he was taking? What does oh, that? I wouldn't have a clue which one, but he was masking something. Yeah, he came back so fast from a shoulder operation. I was like, "That's not possible." Well, what was that? Te- that what was that word you said? The clenbuterol. Clenbuterol is that a steroid? That's a cutting agent. So right, they give it to race horses and that, and I think cows. What it does is it, it cuts you up. Yeah, it shreds you. So you it, 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 you know the cows that are just jacked, like the show cows. Yeah, the bulls. Sorry, um, that's where you can see in the muscle separating. Yeah. That's what clenbuterol does. So it athlete, opens the lungs. So for asthma, so they give it to horses to give them that extra push. Okay. As well, yeah, and bodybuilders will use it to get cut before a competition because it burns your fat reserves. Yeah, and it also masks. Steroid. Wow! Yeah, two for one deal. Yeah, um, or you use a steroid like Stanozole. I've heard Winstrom, that steroid, which is a has a very short uh, half life, so you've got to inject it every three days because it'll be out of the body. So um, Ben Johnson 
remember the Canadian, the Olympics? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. Knowing that acceleration he does at about the five sec, six second mark, no one's ever accelerated like that on the planet before. Yeah, see, a lot of people think, <laughs> oh, Usain Bolt's the fastest. Yeah, he is, but Usain Bolt has got the slowest, one of the slowest starts. It's not until five seconds in where, no, four seconds in where Usain Bolt's head comes up, yeah. and that's when his gas goes to the floor. But before that, he's got an actually slow start. Yep. Gets his rhythm. Whereas Benny, his reflexes are amazing. He just was bang. You could see it in his eyes. Steroids were coming out of his eyeballs. It was just. Have you have you done roids? I've had um, uh, therapeutic. Like my levels were really low years ago, but not for bodybuilding. Not for bodybuilding. Okay, because no. I was interested to see what it's like for an actual bodybuilder once they inject what they go through. Is there anger? Is there anger? Oh, that sort of stuff. Um, I did. There was one. I went to Thailand and did a heap. For like two weeks, which wouldn't do much. I wanted to see what it felt like, mm. that same thing, but I didn't feel too much. I, it wasn't enough. You have to do... Uh, like, I think I put enough in, Yeah, but it wasn't enough. Like, it was just to see that effect. Yeah. Like, I need to do it for weeks and weeks and weeks, but I'd get that anger effect if it was there. I, I wanted to know what you feel like. Did you know that um, taking steroids to lift weights to get huge is one thing, then there's something else you can do. You can visit a high street clinic in virtually a lot of suburbs and doctors there who aren't, I don't know if they're real doctors, but there's a clinic in Mooney Ponds called, yeah. I'm not going to say the name, but they, past it. they yeah. basically um, microdose you on steroids every month. A, a, a small amount of steroids, which um, helps you gain muscle and doesn't give you the anger or the acne and increases your testosterone, and a lot of middle-aged men are doing it. Yeah, I don't know what the women are doing, but they offer packages for women yeah. as well. But for the blokes, they have this package where they say, like, revitalize your youth, get your get your charging bull 20-year-old self back if you're mid-40s or early 50s. You can microdose steroids. Yeah, yeah that's therapeutic. Um, in America, that's massive. It's massive. everywhere. Rogan, all them do it. And i got no problem. I think... Like, even the other day, I was like, I need to do that. Like, I felt really flat. Um, and what happened years ago, I was just, I could barely get out of bed and I got tests done and my testosterone was at the level of an 85-year-old. Really low? Yeah. That's, and they've gone, shit. That's bizarre. So I was... I say that's bizarre because you had a very low testosterone level and... I'm just curious. I'm jumping the gun here, but there, for those who don't know, there was a time where you were in the porn industry <laughs> yeah. and with low testosterone, that's like rocking up to a party without a fat on, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It was that, were they, were those two synchronous periods of your, no, that was a bit off. later, but okay. that was, I put it down to a lot of head, head hits that can, that's why a lot of sportsmen that have had a lot of concussions or I don't know if I got concussed so much, but I used to use my head. As a battering ram a lot, football and different things. Right. Even fights. <laughs> just so you've been that. concussed before many times? No, I don't know. I've been concussed a few times, but I'd still use my head in things like in football. I would just, there was a few years when I was captain at Dandy, Dandenong, I, no matter what happened to me, I wouldn't show it. So if someone knocked me out, I'd just stand straight back up. It's like, I'm not allowed to show any, anything. 
So there was a lot of injuries and things I was taking on. It was around that period or just after that where, yeah, and the doctors, you know, were trying to work out what had happened. And I said, I I get smacked in the head heaps. So did the doctors say to you that there's a link between concussion and lower testosterone? Well, I'd worked out because I, I, you know, go down the rabbit hole myself. So for everything I'd go on, if they suggested something, I'd do my own research. So they said we can give you these gels, so I'd put gel on. So the amounts I was taking wasn't going to make me big. I get big anyway. Like This gel you were taking was testosterone, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I saw, I read somewhere that um, men who were charged with pedophilia were allowed to be released from jail if they agreed to a chemical castration. Yep. They would undergo a chemical castration, but then they'd fly to Thailand to get steroid cream with high doses, rub it in, so they could get Balance attracted... It to children again wow. and commit, recommit a crime. Yeah, I didn't commit any crimes on the gel, so... No, of course, no. <laughs> Sorry, man, I'll just stop on the day. Yeah, so um, you, would, you would rub cream into yourself to boost your testosterone levels. Yeah. And that would work. Um, I didn't feel anything. Like, there was nothing. And then I tried a few different things. There was something else I tried. And then I got injections every two weeks. Um, and it just sort of naturally... I felt normal again after a while but there yep. was no like let's go okay and my body didn't look so how did you come out of that how did you raise your testosterone levels in the long I, run i just think it was diet no i just think it was well not getting hit in the head anymore <laughs> probably. um yeah and slowly over a month or uh month it was a few months probably maybe more um yeah it just naturally your balls start kicking in. I don't know if it was that and they start kicking in and take over and say, oh yeah, this is what we've got to do. All right, let's pump it back up. Did you hear about the CTE occurrences in uh, concussion in AFL that are emerging? Like a lot of play, like there was a player called Shane Tuck who killed himself but donated his brain to science just prior to him killing himself. Yep. And they an- analysed his brain, and sure enough, he had CTE. And that's that condition in NFL yeah. that the players get from, like, repeated head hits. And they reckon it can lead to... Um, Depression. Uh, d- dementia, aggression, yeah. and uh, psychosis, and illogical thought patterns, and uh, a detachment to your family and loved ones. And they reckon that it's ever prevalent in the game, but yep. the AFL are trying to suppress it. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying. But the thing with football, especially now, it's not as full on. Like, you're not getting... The, the game's faster, so if you get a hip and shoulder, your head's still bouncing. Mm. That's still happening. But I remember back in the day, like especially my leagues, it, you were getting hit. You were getting a hip and sh- you'll get someone would raise their elbow and nothing would happen. You know, yeah, nothing would come from that. So, but certain players don't have a peripheral vision, like Justin Kaczynski or whatever. That's St Kilda ruckman. Remember, he would just he'd be just be jogging along and get knocked out. No, I don't know because he just wouldn't see anyone coming from any oh, other. He'd angle. get clocked off from the side. Yeah, or well, just yeah. hip and shoulder. And if you're not if you're not braced for it. That's something I learned. Like, if you go 100% at everything, like, no matter what it was, I'd go 100%. Mm. I was protected mm. because there was an intense and just... Yeah. There's the, there's a stigma. Like, AFL players can wear helmets 
but there's a fucking yeah. stigma attached to it. It's really strange. It's yeah. like, is it the alpha male or testosterone kicking in, preventing? I'll give you a, I'll give you a silly little example, right? I've started surfing in Tullamarine at the surf park. It's a concrete oh, yeah, pool, yeah. right? But it generates waves of one and a half to two meters. And um, boards come flying at you. And they miss you. I've had two hardboards miss me by a couple of inches. I've seen a guy break his arm and get taken to hospital. And I've seen a guy get a board to the head and it gashed him open and blood was spilling out everywhere. Um, Even though it's surfing and you're in water, boards do come flying. Because if you don't get on the wave properly, the next wave, someone's catching it. And if they fuck up and slip from under them, so that board's coming at you. So I went and bought a helmet. But now I've got this, like angst about putting it on and jumping in the water without people going you look like a cockhead <laughs> just dribble when you put it on yeah <laughs> special <coughs> yeah. so i wonder if that's preventing afl players from going no nah, i don't want that or does it do afl players not want to wear a helmet because it affects their senses their peripheral well i would think peripherals are yeah. big thing especially their ability to be agile and graceful that, and that level of sport people not and i was saying it to someone the other day how um, I think it was Dan's birthday. We're watching the footy comics lounge at the um, at at lunch, and um, people criticise footballers, cricketers, MMA, like UFC guys, going, "Oh, why didn't he do this?" What you watch on TV, people don't realise is what you're watching in a game of AFL. It's not that fast in the actual game. It's ten times faster. Yeah. You you don't have time to think. They're not thinking out there. They're just doing. Yeah, it's impulse. It is that fast. It's yeah. ridiculous. Cricket, like, I remember my brother saying, like, you don't see the ball coming. That's insane. You don't see it. You can't see it. You just know, okay, his fingers are there on the ball, if I can get a look at it. So okay, his hand's here. Fuck. Okay, it was there before and this happened. So I presume he's doing this. And you sort of get into position... I get it. Your primal brain is doing Newtonian calculus it's, and working yeah. it out as the subconscious is calculating when the ball will be there and bang, away you go. And being, you just hope to hell that... Being in the zone. And that's being in the zone. that's where you want to hit. So, like in football, if I knew when I was in the zone, I'd kick three goals in five minutes and not remember doing it. Yeah, right. I'd just be like, oh, yeah. Is that an, adre- is that an, adre- uh, an endorphin rush, like stand-up yeah, comedy? Is that... You get a buzz. So yeah. if you kick three Comedy goals, when I go into the... Like, you can tell when I'm in the zone on yeah. stage. Yeah. Because I'm just in this other place and I don't remember the gig hardly. I just... I'm just up there doing and being me. Yeah. And, and that's where, like... Yeah, we tell you to do 15 minutes, but he does 45. <laughs> Fucking flemo. <laughs> Loses track of time. But Stick the crowd are happy. Yeah, the crowd are happy, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's um, it's a beautiful place on stage. So you say it's a kin- it's similar to uh, footy. You can kick yeah, three yeah. goals in a minute and you've still got that buzz. Yeah, yeah. it's um, and it's out of your body. Yeah. Like, in, I remember a game uh, against... Uh, I can't remember who it was again. But the captain of that team used to play for us. And the team go, oh, oh you good on Flemo. You're our captain. Uh, I couldn't remember that. I couldn't think of their logic. Like, you're our captain, so you got to go on him. And I'm like, how's that work? Captain on cap? Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. It's usually just position But I think this guy right? was just dopey. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember the ball bounced. And then I remember, like, a few minutes later, there was three goals on the but it was basically me just running, grabbing the ball, boot goal, running, grabbing it, boot goal. 
Yeah, right. Um, I vaguely remember, I don't remember much of it, but I just remember going, oh, I've not even been here. Mm. Like, just completely out of the game. It's the spirits playing or whatever that is. Whatever it is, is in the zone. That's the best feeling in life, I think. I, yeah, I tend to agree with you, with, especially with, I, I just know stand-up comedy. That's my buzz and my drug. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. There's nothing quite like it. When you're there in that moment, it has an amazing ability where all your life's problems drop away because yeah. you're so in the moment. <laughs> like, you could you could go on stage. Like, I, I said this before on my podcast, but when my dad had a stroke, I was in Austria and I was backstage and I just found out. And I was fucking horrified. I was like, how am I going to do this? But once you get up on stage... You're in the moment. Nothing puts you in the present moment like that. Yeah. And so I can understand with footy as well. Like you're in that moment and being in the moment opens the door to getting you into the zone. Yep. And that's the transition. Yeah. And I love it. It's a great buzz. And that's why people at work, I, I pour beers at a pub. They're all like trying to organize bungee jumps and skydiving. And I'm like, I'm not into it, mate. I get a buzz. Yeah. Four times a week, I get a buzz jumping up on stage in front of strangers I don't fucking need to jump out of a plane. I have the nervous poos before a set, you know? <laughs> I dry reach. Sometimes I vomit in my mouth before a stage. Yes, it's a fucking Eminem track, I know. But I'm saying, I do get that fucking butterfly feeling. Yeah. And it's a wonderful feeling. It's just alive. I feel alive. Yeah. I wouldn't exchange it. There's so. a risk. And that's the thing. You've got to risk. Mm. Like you can go up there and kill, or you can go up there and die, and it's always... You don't know what's going to happen. And what freaks me out is the material that you you used last night, which got all nothing but laughter, tonight (laughs) could fall on its head and get nothing. It's so fucking fickle. Sublime. It's it's sublime. I love it. But yeah. Um, Can I I talk about your porn career? Yeah. It fascinated me because (laughs) I've never actually met anyone that did it as a job. Have I showed you the cover? No. <laughs> I found it. Uh, ask me. Okay. So how old were you when you got into it? And how? How did it come about? Like five. Did you answer an ad in the paper? No, what happened? Because when I quit Pegasus. Because you can't go on seek.com and, you know. <laughs> when I quit Pegasus. Certain doors have to open for you to enter that industry. Now, Pegasus was your heavy metal band. Yep. Which I'll talk about that when I bring you back because we're just chewing the clock here. Yeah, okay. um, I found the cover online. <laughs> Aussie good girls going bad. All right, so this is a film you starred in. So the chick on the, the big picture. Yep. That's the chick I was with. That's my that's my sperm on her boobs. Wow. <laughs> Tell so, us about it. I'm going to show everyone on the yeah, camera. Go. <laughs> so go on. Um, so when I left, uh, everyone, I was a porn nut, like, which I, I think is a bad thing. Um. Growing up, I was talking to a couple of the young kids, like Hugh and all that, the other day. So you had a porn, a healthy porn. Nah, it wasn't healthy. It was not healthy. I found it at a young age, and I grew big at a young age. Um, This is before the internet, so it was all magazines and VHS. He was freaking out that you go buy magazines. I'd find him in the laneway. Yeah. Snails would eat her head off, but I'd still have a bat. (laughs) That was my porn collection. Um, the problem was I found when I grew too early, so I had those feelings too young, far too young. Gotcha. And then I would find magazines in Springvale. They were everywhere. I could just walk through a gutter. When I'd walk home, I'd walk 
along the gutter because you'd just find a private magazine, which were like the the A, the top tier of, of magazines. Why were they top tier? Because they had legs spread and like... Oh, it was extreme hardcore porn. And the photography, like, it wasn't just a... It was like the best photographer in Europe was taking the photo. Like, it made it look even better. Like, private okay, so magazines were 80 bucks, whereas normal magazines were 20. Whoa. Yeah, the videos Holy were... Holy shit. ...were 100 and something dollars. 80 whereas, bucks for a mag. Now we bat off for free on Pornhub with yeah, a... Yeah. The, ma- the movies were, you know, four times dearer than any other movie because they were huge productions. They were filmed with the best ca- cameras and the best... And the actresses were... Everyone was perfect in them and stuff. Okay, well, that explains the fucking money that yeah. was behind it, the and whole industry. Anyway, so yeah, you'd walk along the gutters, yeah, you'd I'd kick find up, them and then find them, and it would be, I'd stick them down the front of my pants and down the back, and I'd walk in the house, my gut sucked in, straight into my room, throw them under the bed, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get home, like later tonight, I've got to go, you know, or I'd pull, and what I did, I'd rip the handle off my door so I could pull the pin out. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I was pro. And, uh, <laughs> and dude, I, I would fake, like in year seven, I remember I was away from school more than I was at school sick. And I would just say I'm too sick to go to school. My, I had knee issues where I'd get this pain in my legs that were crippling since I was a little baby. So I could play on that. And um, so I wouldn't have to go, if I just said my legs are killing, I can't walk. Mum would go to work. As soon as I heard the door shut, it was out with the pornos. And I would spend the whole day looking at porn magazines and jerking off. That was it. Without being too crude, how many times a day? I would try to beat myself. Like, oh, I hit 20 yesterday. Let's go for 20. See if I can beat that number. Like, it was obsessive. 20. Just, yeah. So, like, that's that's pretty much once every half hour. Yeah. During the day. I remember I had a girlfriend. Holy shit. An older woman I was with. 15, 16, she was nearly 30 or something. And I remember 20 something on her one day. Like, okay. It was like, that's, it, it was just, yeah, it was very weird. I look at it now, which I'm glad that I can, I detached from that addiction mm. to an extent. I probably haven't dealt with stuff, but I can see, and I can see how bad it is. It's well, not good for you. You've kind of answered one of my questions, which I had was, how do you, how were you able to perform when you were in, in this environment for the first take or the second take with just meeting a girl for the first time? But I dare say it was your high testosterone level and your high sex addiction that yeah. would propel you to just get an erection. But anyway, go back a bit for us. So you found these uh, magazines. So you, you established you had a, se- a porn addiction. Well, what? I, how did you then progress into actually getting into the Doing industry? Them. How, um, how did, what happened? My... I, everyone yawned to be a porn star. Okay. Or so it was a running joke. Running or, joke, yeah. You know, he's going to be a porn star. You know, and I quit Pegasus and I put it out as the press release that I'd quit to become, to follow my porn career as a joke. Right. See, at this stage, you've got a successful uh, emerging heavy metal band. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay, so you were you were known in certain circles. Yeah. Okay. We, we, we had a lot of momentum in the band and then... Fast forward a few years, I was working in the gym at uh, Dingley, and um, how old were you? Twenty five. All right. Yep. And one of my best mates, brother Jay, rings me up. He goes, "Bro, where are you?" I said, oh, "I'm at the gym." He goes, um, "Don't go anywhere. Your life's about to change." And he come, right, he drove straight around and brought a People magazine, 
they had a thing on porn, Australian porn, and um, they interviewed one of the directors from the Australian porn from Red Redstone Pictures, which was the porn company here. And um, if you want to be a porner in porn, send a photo and resume to this. And I'm like, fuck. What's the photo? Headshot and knob shot? I think it was a naked shot. Yeah. It'd have to be full. And I made the receptionist take a photo of me at the gym. I go, and she was a bit of a dirty sort of chick. She was, she was cool. So you went into the back room, stripped, and she took a photo. I went to my mate's mum's girl because she had one of those take a photo because I was too scared to go and get it. You know, you take it to the chemist. And, you know, yeah, it was always that thing. So an instant camera. I remember I went to Murph's mum and she gave me one, and she was grouse. Murph's, like she, I go, I'm going to be a porn star. She's like shaking her head. Good on you, darling. Well, at least you're not on Centrelink. You <laughs> yeah, know, go she, go out there and do something she, for yourself. She was sort of she looked after us all and. Uh, yeah, got the photo, sent it off, and then heard back a few months later. And by that time, I had a girlfriend. Okay. And I remember saying to her, I "How t- did they did they write you a letter? This is like back in snail mail." He rang right? me. I think. Oh, he rang you. Yeah. And he so rang I, you at home. Yep. And he said, "Hey, I saw your pic. There's an audition. How does it work?" He said, "I'll book you for a film." Um, like a, just straight out, <laughs> yeah. like book you for a film. Yep. No prior, like, let's get together for a chat to see if you'll be all right or. Yep. Oh, we'll probably. Oh, come to think of it. I think I might've met with him yeah. for lunch. Okay. I think I might've. Yeah. Cause he's got to put I'm his, having like, a flashback. there's got to be some sort it of interview a... process. I know we're going back way back in time, but I am attracted to the rigmarole of how you actually. Yeah got into the industry like each stepping stone yeah he he did um i'm pretty sure i did meet him for i'm just having i've got a picture in my mind well he's got to see that you're not a fucking retard right and you're well endowed which uh, we all know now after the fact from seeing your movies yep and um yeah yeah, when you get drunk you pull it out so we know (laughs) i might have even had to get it out for him at the car park i'm just having flashbacks now um, so I think we did meet up. Then I got a call. <laughs> you had to get it out of the car park. I probably, probably did. And then he oh, said, "Just I got a call. Meet me at uh, this hotel on Springvale Road in Glen Waverley, just near the Glen, right next to it. Okay. That was it. the first shoot. Yep. And he said, it'll just be a blowjob scene in a spa just, just to see how you perform, how you nice. get on the camera and yep. all that. Give you a couple hundred bucks or something like that. At this stage now, two questions. The couple of hundred bucks, was that paid cash without an invoice? Yep. No, yeah, no company name and all that. And the second question is, um, did you have to come with a STD check form or yeah. how does that? Because you'd be, yeah, I'd be surprised uh, if you just let some. No, you get a full STD check. Right. And you've got to bring the form with you and you've got to do the same sort of thing. So if we're doing a scene, it's like, here's mine, here's yours. And you look at it and if there's any issues, you can go, hang on, I'm worried about this. What's this? And what, what would that be? Like, uh, exa- for example, sake, chlamydia or something. That gotcha. All right. numbers. Is that a yes or a no? Positive or a negative? What, what's these numbers mean? That's high. Mine's zero. Yours has numbers on it. Oh, you could, you could do, there was one nice, I ignored it. Nothing happened, but. Um, so that one was in the spa with her and so um, you get there at the spa, you've got your form, your STD check. Yep. Um, we meet a little bit beforehand, which was, it was intimate. It wasn't as, cause in my mind I had this whole thing of what 
it's really like being in porn. And I was like, oh, I want to do that for it. And I, it stemmed back to me realizing I had a big one. So I thought that's what I'm meant to do. John Hol- saw John Holmes. It was like. John Holmes, yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, I'm the. Famous porn star with a massive dick. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, he's. That's what I'm meant to do because I've got this. It was a bit of a weird sort of so mindset you, that I had. It was she a professional? I think she was a receptionist, but I think she was a hooker. Was she dispassionate throughout the whole thing? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Were she, you trying to contain yourself? Were you nervous? I was trying to get a connection with her. Yeah. Do you like me? Yeah. Validate. <laughs> well, a lot of validation. that stuff. All my addiction was validation. Do you like me? That's all it stemmed to. Okay. Yeah, I worked that out years later. Um, so, yeah, we got through it, um, got paid, and then, you know, a few months later, I got a call again. Oh, we're doing another one. Uh, we got this beautiful uh, Asian girl. She's 27. Um, I've got her photo here. She's stunning. You'll love her. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't think I'd even been with an Asian chick up to that point. And what was that so scene? That was was a bit... that a full... That was a full sex scene. Uh, okay. Same hotel. And you were always told these gigs by phone or by... By phone, yeah. By phone. Yep. And uh, was he the director, the guy who was... Producing him and director, yeah. Okay, so he had his own little private company. Yeah. Um, and he would burn them onto a... Burning's probably not the appropriate word, but he would put video. it on a VHS. Yep, they were all properly produced. Like and he'd have a distributor. Produced. Yep, and he'd send them off to America. LA oh, was a right. big market. Um and then the second one... He would do cover design as well. Yeah. I'm pretty so sure he was he a did. pretty much production house. Yeah. So you were dealing with everyone. Yeah. He was every... He yeah, wore all hats gonzo. in the company. They were gonzo. Yeah. In that one. And then that second one, he goes, oh, she's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Um, same hotel. Just give me a call when you're out the front for the hotel room. Was it... Can I ask? Was it one cameraman and one boom Mike, guy? No, that was just him. Okay, just him on the... Yep. And you had no problem performing? Were you nervous? Um, yeah, I remember I was nervous the first couple. Like, well, the first one, there was a bit where it was, oh, we just need a minute, and then me and her would just sort of talk and stuff. And I'd be jerking off, get hard again, and then go again. The second one... Was she, uh, would she help you get hard, or was she like, would you yeah. hurry the fuck up? Like, you got good energy from her? Or, yeah, yeah, Or was no, it like, she, come on, I'm on the clock here, bitch. No, she... I want to go. She was all right. She was all right? Um, the second one I pulled up, and I rang him, I said, oh, I'm here. He goes, oh, Mitch. My name was Mitch Cumstein. So, of course. Yeah. Good Jewish porn name. <laughs> and he goes, uh, uh, where are you? I said, oh, I'm out the front. He goes, oh, cool, wait there. And I'm like, okay. You come down to the car, and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? I've got a bad feeling. And he goes, oh, there's a slight problem. Um, she doesn't quite look like her photos any- oh, wow. anymore. Anymore. <laughs> I've gone, how anymore? He goes, about 20 years. <laughs> 20? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got up there. So you're a 25-year-old male, and she... She was 40, say. Oh, that's all right. In her 40s. 40s. 40s hot. She was rough. It was oh, rough. rough. Yeah. Rough 40, like glass Barbie 40. Yeah, like. Mm. Oh, not drunk, but just just not very attractive. Weathered. And, yeah, yeah. So, and never done it before. Never? No. Nah, like, never had come on her face or anything like that. So, it was her first porn? Yeah, her first 
thing. So and I think she, she could was, you tell she was nervous? Yeah, she was a bit nervous. Holy fuck. And it was and he goes, Look, come up if you can't do it, I'll pay you anyway and we'll reschedule for another shoot. And in my mind I'm thinking, Oh no, you're just testing me because if I say no, I'm done. Always the trooper. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, All right, I get up there and I'm like, Yeah, it's fine. I've been I've been edging for a week. I don't care. Because I took it serious. I was jer- edging so, for a whole week so my load would be bigger. Right. I just took it serious. Like, so you would not come for a whole week. You yeah. say so you refrained. But I'd almost come, yeah. So you refrained from masturbation. So you kind of like solved your own problem by w- with wanking 20 times a day. Yeah. Um, so I'd build it up like, um, yeah, I, I'd made it. But I took it serious. I just thought this is what I'm going to do. All this, like of course. I, I could be this huge big star, and I, yeah, it was very <laughs> weird. But uh, we got up there, and I said, Yeah, it's cool, let's do it. And then, um, that was a funny one, though. Like, there was bits in that film where I'm laughing my ass off, and you see my cock bouncing from laughing at her. What was making you laugh? Because I pulled, like, she's in the spa, and I pulled it out, and um, she <laughs> actually. She'd look at the camera and go, oh, my God, it's so big. She had that sort Cleft of, palate. Yeah. Oh, it's so big. <laughs> but the way she said it was funny. So you just laughed. And you could see my dick just bouncing next right. to her head, like laughing. <laughs> I, so there's funny sort of scenes. Oh, and it's an ugly, it's the ugliest sex scene you'll ever say. And then a what bit made later. It, what made it an ugly sex scene? I just is, think, like, I, you know, I was a massive bong head. So I just looked fucking... Duh. Right. And she wasn't, like, there was one point I had to go down her. I was looking for scars because I thought she used to be a dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was she? But she was just. That know, fucking ugly, woman. man. Was she that fucking ugly? Yeah. Jesus. An attractive woman. Um, so. And was the director, like, giving you instructions? Like, yeah. would he say, go down on her, come back up, turn her around, do yeah, doggy, he, do he this? Would, do that, and, and would you there'd be follow- things like, you know, get on top now. you got, like, people don't realise you don't just get up. And fu- you've got to fuck in weird angles. It's not comfortable. Because you need to allow the camera to yeah, have a vision. the camera has vision. to get a, a view of you. So you've got to fucking hold your balls up near your ass. Yeah. So it can get, get the... So you've got to have these weird yoga-type yeah. poses while yeah. you're fucking. <laughs> That's fucking ugly porn. Um, and then um, there's one scene where I... And he wouldn't shut up. I remember he'd be like, oh, Mitch, how's that mouth feel? Oh, she's got a hot mouth, doesn't she, Mitch? And it would just be his... I'm not that type of guy. Like, it sounded a bit crass. It like, wasn't working. Especially with a guy egging you on as a yeah. heterosexual male. And I'm like, he'd go, oh, how's that feel, Mitch? And I'd just be like, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was going, it's yeah, not this doing bitch it. is fucking hot. I'm not that disrespect. Yeah, I felt it a bit. They, they wanted me to be disrespectful. I'm not that kind of person. So, um, then I'm fucking her and he kept talking. I remember there's this scene where I'm pounding away and I'm facing this way and he's like, oh, Mitch, here's that hot pussy looking. And I'm about to come in. I just look back with his look like, <laughs> like I'm in that. Just Am I about to come? Yes, I'm about to come. Oh, look at him with this. And I remember the face I pulled. I'm like, oh my God, that's so unporno. 
you, you think you're going to look like the big American boy, and you, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> your cum face. So you've got your cum face on video somewhere. Oh, nah, it's pre-cum. Like, am I coming? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think I'm about to. And I look back with this <laughs> face. Fuck. <laughs> and um, then I, I remember coming on a, and I, there was epic Peter North amounts. And, uh, he, a porn star who had a large volume of semen oh God. per load. Oh, he, yeah. High fill zinc, cup. High zinc diet. Yeah. He, um, so, and then she was like, ooh, freaking out. And it's like, no, don't touch it. Like, the director snapped at her hard. Because he wanted to. Because like, then he's got to film that end bit, but then he's got to take photos still. For the mags. Yeah. So. Wow. Then you got to, because I remember going for it. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. You've got to just sit there and you know, enjoy the taste. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and I, I got actually, he gave me a couple of hundred extra bucks because it came so much on that one. Mm. Yeah, he was stoked. So, so he was making good money for him to be tipping you like so and offering you money even if you can't go ahead with it. So it was a lucrative industry at the it time. It must have been, yeah. And it was Australian. And, and his overheads were low if he was yeah. producing everything and cutting up the Gonzo video. films are the cheap. That, that's why anyone can do make porn now because you just, like, great camera. Like, any camera is good. Well, now the camera. money is in uh, webcamming, yeah. I believe, and, and only, getting only subscribers and, and OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah, sex cams. And, yeah, which I mean, by it's surprise, been like that I read, for a while. It's been like that for a while, but I've, I've read an article where... Um, so many, uh, I just know from the heterosexual perspective, but a lot of women, uh, um, uh, high profile, powerful women, intelligent, putting themselves through university and college all over the world that are wearing masks and doing things on webcam and yeah. making a decent living to allow themselves to just study. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it sells. And, and the, the weird thing I think is, you know, <laughs> when we, it wasn't easy to get porn when we were young. No. Whereas now it's everywhere, and, and I'm a bit worried. I'm well, curious to know what the, in five, ten years, what I mean. Already things are weird, but if I was like that, there's kids now looking at porn. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, when I was living in England, um, my ex at the time was a nanny, and uh, she was telling me that thirteen-year-old uh, girls that she was looking after, they were coming back from school. And there were stories that the guys, when they were fooling around, the boys had to come on their face because that's what happens exactly in the clips. Yep. That's how so you finish that's sex. That's how you finish sex. So these girls at 13 are getting fucking loads all over their face. Yeah. It's fucking, it's just this whole, desensitized is the word I'm looking for. It's, that was my problem. Whereas now, you, you back in my day when I was a kid, I'd come across a porn mag and it was the most precious piece of hardware that I owned. I would <laughs> yeah. run around, door knock all my mates, all the Lebo kids, the Greek kids, everyone. We'd all fucking run out onto the street and just go through it meticulously, yeah. going, holy fuck, look at those tits. Oh my God, look at her ass. Just freaking out. Yeah, I, I had... It was treasure. I it was precious commodity. So much porn. It was as a kid too. And I was messed up like that where I was like, oh no, I've got to come on your face. Mm. I've got to do that. Um, this is what, you know, I'm supposed to have two girlfriends because I've got a big dick and the guys with the big dicks in the films have two girlfriends, one on each arm. 
blah blah blah. That, yeah, it's just weird. Just can, weird. Can I ask you a, like a question? It might be a bit um, corny, but well, the first time you made love to a woman compared to porn, the difference? Uh, the porn didn't hurt. I was fucking in pain, and I think it was two re- reasons. It was long grass. It was in a drain in Noble Park, stormwater drain. How romantic. romantic. <laughs> on, on my brother's birthday. I was supposed yeah. to be at home celebrating. So this is your girlfriend? That you nah, have... just a girl. I walked up to her and said, hey, do you want to get naked? She said, yeah. I was like, oh, what? Yeah? <laughs> okay, let's go. Oh, okay, I'm not talking about your first. Okay, yeah, this was your first, her first time. Nah, she'd had sex before. Okay. She was a mate. I was in a gang and stuff, and one of the older guys... Matt, it was his ex-girlfriend, and she was a couple of years older than me, and yeah, we went in, and it was just, I remember just being in, I remember going home and sitting, I was like, I finally did it, and I was like, oh, it killed, like my dick was, had cut lacerations in it, I'm not sure if it was from grass, or just trying to go in dry, like not knowing, mm. spit on it, or something like that, just not having a clue, and it was probably horrible for her too. <laughs> It, it sounds so crude, torture. but it happens. I mean, you got to, yeah, yeah she, wasn't, she wasn't in the moment yet to um, be ready. And I remember being really upset. Like, I'd built this up for years, and it was terrible. Like, oh, shit. How does it, what I was going to ask you originally was, how does it compare to making love? Making porn versus making love to a woman. What was the, <laughs> what, which uh, one do you, what was the difference? If there is, Porn's very clinical and very, yeah. It's, and I've been in that same situation many times. I go to saints and sinners and it'd be clinical as well what's saints and sinners that's the big ball the swingers ball okay i used to go to that just get off my head and go and just go mental but is that like a eyes wide shut a room or a mansion at the colonial having sex everywhere where kings is that's where it used to be you serious yeah so So if i take a black light to that club i'm gonna freak out Like, we're Holy in the green fuck. room. In yeah. the green room there, like, the first time I did it, I've gone, I fucked heaps of chicks in this room. You serious? Yeah. And so then, the Colonial used to be a swingers orgy yeah. club. Where the stage is. Ew. Like, yeah. I've it's one of my sex, favorite comedy clubs now. I've had sex Kings in the comedy. stage. There's different levels to it. So I fucked in yeah, all of them. Yeah, it's about three, four levels. Yeah. Then it moved Sticky to the carpet. inflations. Yeah. That's why. Ew. Yucky. Um, but yeah, making, I mean, it's a completely different thing. You, Fuck, I, I just, I can't do that. I can't, I can't just walk into a room and fuck three or four women or while other people are having sex next to me. I'd freak out. I'd just yeah. giggle. Well, and I don't actually like. like a retracting turtle. I, I actually don't like being around. Like, if I'm chatting to a girl at a place like that, it's like, go somewhere private. I don't like fucking, because it's, shit's like being big. People want to watch. Mm. And so you got people coming up or d- dude, and it used to really piss me off. It was like, fuck, look at that. Hey, come here. This is my wife. So you would fuck have, her. Wow. And so would people be, would be te- husbands would be telling you to fuck their wife. Yeah. Holy. And fuck. I, it used to it pissed me like, off because I hate it. It's just like don't tell me what to do, motherfucker. Like who are you? And does she want it? Like and some of them just wouldn't care. They'd be like, no, no, he's got a bigger dick, so he's better at it. Like some of the mentality of people is really weird. You got a bigger dick, so you'll make her feel better. And no, nah, take it. Trust me, honey. It'll feel better. And it's like, oh, you've watched films as well and got a, a weird perception of what reality is. And then, yeah, there was times where I'd be banging someone's wire. And I'd just be like, this is fucking, she's not into this. And I would, 
Yeah, yeah, just stop. So she was doing it for her husband yeah, she to was place doing... him through your penis. Yeah, because that's what very he wanted. Awkward. Yeah, very awkward. And you know, I haven't been for years. I'm not, not. In, I'm actually not even into sex anymore. Really, it's fucking dead to me. I'm, really? Yeah, got no. Has that got to do with uh, low testosterone? Like, have you got low testosterone again, or like? No, I think it's just. You've you've had certain number of fucks and you've I've used had, them all up. Had my thousands, easily, the, the. and yeah. it's far too many and it ruined it. For yeah, me. right. Yeah. What about love? Have you met a woman that you've made love to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't yeah. that like is that more beautiful? Like, would you seek that if you could? Yeah, but now I feel like I'm don't even like like sometimes I like like I think sex, but I'm quite comfortable being on my own now. Well, yeah, fair enough. I know you're in this sort of Zen place. Yeah, it, it's. But you're still open to it if it comes your way. Well, yeah, but there's also that. Um, I've been single so long now that it's um, it's become weird. Where it was like, you know, do I want? How would I talk to it? Like, oh, you just yeah. be yourself, man. The but, way you are on stage, you yeah. just go where you want to go, and you well, know, it's kind of hard to pick up after my set. <laughs> No, it's not because I'm I not think, a midget. <laughs> well, if you peel through the layers, you're yeah. just trying to make us laugh, and you're coming from a nice place. Yeah. It's not a nasty place. You're not bigoted. You're not misogynist. No. You're not a racist. Your, your comedy is yeah, it's crude sometimes, but it's if you peel it back and look through, it's 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 a loving set, man. Yeah. You, you take mushrooms. You're a wholesome individual. You're a peace loving guy. Well, that's what I hope comes across. You know, it does man. Nothing worse. Being called, you know, if you're called racist, like we've had, probably both had with people, are, you're this, and it's like, why? Because I mentioned the word. Yeah. Yeah, people are a bit weird. But that's, yeah, that's, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It's, it's the only art form where we have people coming up to us afterwards and pointing their finger and swearing at us and saying, you're a fucking racist or what you said about midgets little people is disgusting and i'm like look you don't go to an art gallery and fucking ring up the painter and hurl abuse at him because he's drawn people with dicks out or something like that yeah you just but our art form for some reason because the easier we make stand-up look the easier people think they can do it like carl barron a lot of my friends think man what carl barron does i could do that he just stands there he doesn't talk he just talks about when you hold in a fart and yeah. then when you leave your date, you start farting. I can do that. Well, try it, motherfucker. <laughs> See how long you last. It is hilarious how people... I've watched Netflix. I know how comedy works. Exactly. And then they come out to open mic, and you see them once. They die, and they fucking cop it, and you it's never like, see bye. them again. It's like, bye-bye. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it... it Everyone thinks they're right, and that's one problem I think with society now. We're we're so, and that that's that angst that I think is in the world at the moment over these last few years, where it's team right, I'm right, you're wrong. That that's a big narrative of us people at the moment, which is not not good. I, I just hope we can get past that somehow. Something can happen, not too tragic, that will pull us together and you know unite people and go, hey, drop all that shit. Mm virtue signaling and and all that we can all come together and just yeah everyone f- just I fucking hope so but microdose everyone just give everyone a fucking trip everyone should be on mushrooms at least once a year a mm. small amount just oh, to erode your ego yeah i need <laughs> that bat like i was telling you the other way i need to erode it 
I'm at a point where it's like we I've should go pick it. some. I think they're coming. I asked I asked a friend if the if the unseasonable rain is going to bring him forward, but he's like, no, you need to wait for colder temperatures. So okay, we yeah, have to it's wait muggy a bit at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm dying to do some. We will. Hey, I've got to wrap this up, man. Yeah. We've been flying. I've got um, to head to Bendigo. Oh, yep. He's, you're getting up anywhere where people can see you. You got anything? This podcast, I'll release this um, maybe next week or the week next after. Week. So have you got anything? Oh. Where can people catch you? Um, Are you, you at Dirty Secrets in the next few yeah, weeks? Yeah, I'll, I'll start jumping up there over, probably next week and over the next few weeks, Dirty Secrets. I'm on at the Queen Vic on the 31st, of Queen Vic Hotel of... April? This month of this month, all right. And then I'm, I think I'm gonna, I won't miss. Oh, I'm gonna miss that. But I'm emceeing on the fifteenth of April at that same gig. Okay, Queen Victoria Hotel, fifteenth of April. Yep. Um, and then I've got a lot of country gigs. So if you go to the Beef It Up Australia website, which I do a lot of those gigs for for that charity, um, they're throughout New South Wales and Victoria in the country sort of regions. So. Yeah, they're all, all over the state. And, yeah. All right, Flemo, thanks for Check coming in, bro. Thanks for having me. Cheers, man. Anytime. See you, everyone. Bye.